I'm Audra. And I'm Sadie. And we are former English Lit majors and sisters who miss reading and discussing literature with fellow Lit nerds. And we created this podcast to discuss literature fueled by libations. So pick your poison and join us each week to discuss all the queries and views unearthed in great books. And support your local bookstore. Welcome, everybody, to Lit and Libations. Hi, Sadie. Hi, Audra. So we're going to be discussing A Thousand Ships by Natalie Haynes. Um, excited to talk to you about this. Yes. Uh, but before we get into it, so I posted on Instagram, but in case you didn't see, the next book we'll be discussing is Euphoria by Lily King. Um, I'm about halfway through it already. Really excited about this. It's the story of three um, young anthropologists in the 1930s, um, and they're researching tribes in like New Guinea and Australia. Um, but it's more than that. Like it's really interesting. I really yeah. am liking it so far. And there's some some good. It, it's really good. So I'm excited to talk about that. So we'll probably I'll post what chapters we'll discuss for their next episode, but um, that'll probably take about two episodes. So if you haven't, uh, go pick up a copy of Euphoria by Lily King from your local bookstore. Um, it's a pretty easy read, so should be able to get through it pretty quick, or if you listen, um, but it's it definitely grabs your attention and sucks yeah. you in. So not to be, be not to be confused, though, with Euphoria, the TV show on HBO. <laughs> yeah, which I tried to watch that show when it first came out. I, I did watch it. And then I got really freaked out because I have two young children. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God, is this what I have? Is this what's going to happen? Like, and I thought I went to, I mean, there were, there was plenty of drugs and alcohol and, and sexual activity in my high school. Yeah. But, like, nothing like this. Like, n- just. Well, I will tell it, you, I work in the criminal justice system. And I don't think it's like that TV show. And I see the worst of it mostly. But I, I couldn't watch it. It was too like it was too much. It was too depressing. Too frustrating. Well, it just made me. I was just like, I can't, I'm scared. Like I don't yeah. I'm I'm gonna homeschool them. Like if this is what it's like I now. I know. I mean, just the fact that social media they'll have to deal with scares the hell out of me anyway. I mean, and true, I I know of teenage children and it doesn't seem like that's the case but i'm like is it I, but it, I but it can be I, I just who knows well yeah especially with like just online life like it's hard to know what like you could think you know someone but you have no idea what they're doing online and it's yeah, kind of so freaky I, just, I can't watch the show it makes me it scares me so yeah i don't no we're not discussing that show um, yeah, I can't watch it, and I have not been. I've not been watching season two at all. I tried watching the first no. season. I think I got yeah, maybe three ditto. or four episodes in, and I can't. Ditto. I'm right with you. I was like, "Yep, I'm gonna keep watching." I'm like, no, can't do it anymore. Um, and and I know enough about the storyline, so I hear stuff about it, but no, I can't. I can't watch yeah. it. I'm not doing yeah. it. I do want to see. There's this new show coming on Hulu or a movie, and it's about the Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee, like yes. sex tape and all of that, and it actually looks really good like it looks like a good movie I'm excited I know about that one. it does look really good I'm excited to see how they do it I was kind of surprised because I heard it I heard that um they didn't like consult with Pamela Anderson at all and oh, I thought yeah. that was weird so it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how it's done but I love the casting like I think it 
and the trailer yeah. made it look fantastic. And I think that I think in this like day and age, I think that they're gonna do it right as far as how like they treat Pamela Anderson and just kind yeah. of the disrespect well, think, of it all. But yeah, maybe I'm making it up. But I think it had like someone involved was also involved in that movie, I Tanya about Tanya Harding, and I loved that movie. Yes. Yeah, it's Maybe the up, the act like no that some... the actress who played Tanya Harding is the one playing Pamela Anderson. Oh, re- okay. Yeah, I really like her. Margot Robbie. Yeah, that's her name. Yeah, she does a fantastic yeah, I like job. Her a lot. Nice. Um, okay, well, my libation is not very exciting today because I'm going to go not. back to work after we record. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> Mine's not either. Um, I'm I'm just drinking watermelon juice. <laughs> <laughs> it's your go-to. <laughs> It is. It's my go-to. Well, I've had so much water today, and I just, like, I can't have a... I was going to make an Aperol spritz, because um, I was having a craving for that, but I have to go back to work, so I'm not I'm not going to. What, are, what are you drinking? Don't drink and ride. Right, exactly. Exactly. Um, or teach I, people to ride. That doesn't work either. I am drinking a hard seltzer. It's exotic pineapple flavored, and it's from Topo Chico, which Topo Chico oh, is my right. favorite kind of like sparkling yeah. water or seltzer or whatever. And um, I didn't know that they made hard seltzers. And then we picked up, we went skiing last weekend or two weekends ago, and we picked up some stuff to take with us to the mountain. And Brian picked, saw that Topo Chico has hard seltzers. We were so excited. And they're actually really fucking good. They have a lot of good flavors. I'm drinking the pineapple one, but they also have like strawberry guava and mango and lemon lime and just like the classic ones as well as a Mm -hmm. lot of tropical ones. And they're just, they're really good. I'm impressed. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that sounds good. It's more exciting than mine at least. Good. I don't Um, know. That watermelon juice is legitimately really good. So it is really good. Um, Okay, so I don't think we have any other housekeeping stuff, so should we just get into it? Sure. Sure. Let's get into it. Okay, so do you want to give us a little... I mean, it's kind of hard to synopsize. Hopefully you all are at least familiar with the Odyssey, the Trojan War, kind of the general backstory. It's it's kind of a cool retell... Not retelling, but... But kind of. I don't know. I, I actually... Okay, I'll start off by saying that I was not the biggest fan of this book, Thank you. I was disappointed. And I, I was really disappointed. Because I know this was also recommended by a listener. And I think from everything I've seen, she's great and has great book oh, interests and absolutely. we're all aligned. But I was disappointed. I Okay, so I actually, I'm still really glad that we picked it because I think that there, the things that I didn't like about it, I think are good things to talk about. So I still think we're going to mm. have a really interesting discussion. But I will just say, I don't think I really liked it. But as a synopsis of this book, um, it's told from a lot of different women's perspectives, but it's kind of all bookended or uh, fitted to Calliope, or is it? So I listened a little bit to the audiobook, and she pronounces it Calliope, and I think that's silly, so I'm calling her Calliope. Um, Yeah, let's just go with it. But she kind of bookends it, and she's, like, the muse, and she's seems to be there helping, presumably, Homer write the stories. And, and then inside of all of that, it's a bunch of different women that we've heard about in these tales, including, uh, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a million. So if you go, there's Calliope, there's um, a bunch of the Trojan women, including Hecabe, there's Penelope, 
which is Odysseus's wife. There's Perseus and Chryseus. There's just a lot. There's Thetis. There's gods and goddesses as well. Like, it kind of shows... I mean, it just... It is kind of a retelling. Mm -hmm. But it's almost to the point that I'm like, well, you didn't really do anything. Okay. Like, I will... I liked the premise of this book of telling it yes. through the perspectives of the women, but I feel mm-hmm. like if you're going to do that, you should add more than just doing that to make it more interesting because otherwise it almost felt and like don't get me wrong, I think that we need more stories through women's perspectives and we need to pay more attention, but it almost felt a little bit pandering because I didn't feel like she added any additional value to the stories I don't know what did you think yeah I mean I feel like I I feel like it, it while it was cool to have all these different perspectives like because all these women are interesting characters yeah I feel like because there were so many perspectives and it flitted around so much yeah that it was hard to really get the depth that I wanted out of these characters and their story so like you know, Cersei, when we read that, mm-hmm. is you really got such good development and there was so much depth to that character. Yeah. And I and partly because you can spend all that time. And but even like even some of the minor characters you did just because you had the time with them. And I felt because it yeah. flitted around so much, I didn't like like, for instance, the telling when it was from the um, Amazon woman. Like, yeah. I thought that was, I really liked that. They almost felt like these little vignettes to me. Yeah. And I wanted more. And so, like, that one with the Amazon woman, I wanted more of it. But then it's it's over and it's done, you know? And so it's like yeah. you don't really get enough time to really explore. Yeah. Because it's such a good concept and it's so relevant still. I mean, so often it's not, it's not even about, like, women aren't getting glory. It's like I love how she talks about this idea that, like, you know, there's this war and then these women have to live with their, with these men that killed and not just killed, but in some ways mutilated and tortured their husbands and their sons and their brothers and their fathers. And like, yeah, I think that concept is so relevant still. I mean, if you look at, you know, like the genocide in Rwanda and different, like, and then they have to live in the villages next door to the people that killed their sons and their husbands. Like that's such an important thing to recognize that we don't talk about it enough and I think that it's all so relevant and interesting but there just wasn't I just, it just felt really shallow to me yeah and I wanted more out of it like yeah it kind of felt like it was telling the stories from these perspectives just for the sake of doing it without yeah. I think an actually new perspective because there's um there's like, like for, there's like, like a you know Angela so go ahead sorry go ahead well like you know Angela Carter yeah she's that British author who and she does a lot of like fairy tale retelling yeah I read Bloody Chamber but they're not yeah and but they're not just from like a different perspective they add different elements to it as well like she and I think that's the key is like you've got to have I don't know if like hooks the right word but there's got to be something that really grabs you outside of just it's a different person's perspective because that to me isn't enough like you should give them more like yeah I don't know it just got 
And like Penelope, I like, I think my other part that I liked was like that Penelope, her letters to Odysseus, because it almost felt like more like journaling because really you're sending him letters. Like, yeah, but you know, also, so that part at first was a little silly, but yeah, but I kind of thought that was silly too, because if it's like, if you're journaling, why would you be journaling, like retelling the stories that you're hearing about your husband to your husband. I don't know. I just feel like Penelope would have better things to write about. I agree. And that's that's the hard part is I liked, because I liked the perspective of, yes, your husband is super smart and wily and creative and an adventurer and look at all these amazing things he's done and survived. But then like you look at the other perspective and it's like, really? Like you can't just get your ass home? Like, yeah. You know, and think about the people who are at home and what they're doing and the heroic acts they're doing. You know, just like, um, oh, what's the, what is his name? The So there's the, like, goddess who has the son with the one who goes away and steals Helen of Troy. And, like, she stays behind and has to raise their son. And then, oh. you know, he comes to her when he's dying and she doesn't save him. And it makes this point about who's the hero. You know, she stayed behind and raised your son. And so I think the book really gets right to that edge of making such a good point but it's like that points of course like that's obvious and i know it needs to be spelled out because it's not obvious to everybody but now let's give some more things to like add to this in a way does that make sense like yeah i think it just felt shallow and surfacey yeah and i think too part of it is almost like it's being written under the assumption maybe that these women weren't already centerpieces in the Iliad and the Odyssey but like I disagree and I don't know if it was just my perspective going into it that I am looking for and reading it more from a feminist perspective that I did see a lot of these characters like shine in the Iliad and the Odyssey like I was looking for it and I thought like I just paid more attention to these women anyway Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. I just I wasn't sure that I thought it was, like, completely necessary to get all of these different perspectives the whole time. I almost kind of wish that she had focused on, like, just the Trojan War. Yeah. And not brought in yeah. the Odyssey into it and, like, Penelope with that part of it. Or even the gods it. and goddesses. Yeah. Like, like I think she just should have made it, maybe she would have been able to, I think, get that depth that we felt we were missing if she'd just been a little bit more specific in which women she brought into it. And I kind of, like, one thing I will give her, though, is I do think that she's kind of funny. Um, Well, she's a comedian, I guess. Is she really? Yeah, like, before she started writing, like, she she was a former stand-up comedian. And she used to do, she used to do, like, retell classic stories, like, I don't think it was just Greek and stuff like this, but she would retell classics with, like, like, from, like, as a comedian. Like, she would put this rant to it, which, which makes sense when you read it. And I think if you know that, it kind of, I think if you, and I knew that, and so I went into it thinking, like, okay, it's going to be not as serious as maybe, like, Cersei. You know what I mean? Which isn't a bad thing at all. Like, I mean, I think humor is sorely needed, and I think it's not given enough like um, credit for how t- challenging that is to do in writing. But I, I do feel like it almost kind of was a little bit of like 
maybe there just wasn't enough of it or there was too much of it sometimes. Does that make sense? Like there yeah. wasn't quite the balance that I think I enjoy where it, it's funny. Like for instance, when Calliope is talking about, you know, basically Homer and mm -hmm. like, that's funny, but then there's some scenes where it's like, she's using humor, but it, it's almost a little overkill or it's like, I also, there's too much of a I, mix of I, modern and classic that it didn't quite jive for me. It's like, I, I don't know who was I talking to I was talking to a friend oh my friend Jen the other day about this how it's like there's some shows like I never watched it but I know that show Bridgerton yeah got a lot of um uh whatever talk and one of the things was how they're using all these modern songs but they're playing them as classical music that would be played and so sometimes that stuff drives me crazy because it's like either find more subtle ways to do it does that yeah. make sense and I feel like yeah. sometimes she just wasn't that subtle with her modern inflections yeah and it almost took it almost took me out of it a little bit i agree it was almost like too especially i saw it a lot with calliope's chapters especially because it almost seems like she's trying to well calliope just kind of felt like an author insert in mm -hmm. a way yeah and it kind yeah. of felt like she was trying to justify almost writing the book like, there's part where he sa she says, maybe just at the beginning, um, but she's, like, talking about Homer, presumably, saying, like, oh, can he really, these stories have been told countless times, can he really believe he has anything to new to say, does he think he might need me to help keep track, and, like, and then talking, too, about how, um, in, in later chapters, she's talking about, Calliope is talking about these female characters in either the chapter that we had just read before or the chapter that we're going to mm -hmm. read next, saying, like, oh, this, she won't be a footnote. Like, she'll be the main character. And it just kind of felt like, I don't know. If it, it felt very, like, I read it as an author insert, and it felt kind of self-congratulatory. Yeah. in the book like i'm doing this look great at me look what thing. i'm doing yeah yeah and i and it kind of bugged me especially because i just don't think that like i don't know if it's valuable to tell all these stories from all these different perspectives if you're not going to give the stories the time that they deserve well and also i feel like i love this concept of giving voice to people who have not been given voice before. It's yeah. so needed and they were long overdue and there's still so many stories that we need to hear and perspectives that you need to hear. But I feel like also if you're gonna do that then, don't just have it be the women that we do already know about. Does that make sense? Like yeah. give some of the perspectives, not just from the queens and the princesses and the goddesses and, and the Amazonian women, but like give some to the other women who truly aren't heard and I know that like mm -hmm. have that mix of it because obviously she wants to bring in characters that you're familiar with and that you do have some sort of reference to from the texts but if you're gonna create this then I don't know just give me that's where I feel like some of that depth was missing because yeah. it's like we we do kind of already have some of their perspective and so yes give it more but then also give some from the women that you truly do never care, care about. about. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I think that I would know. have been way more interesting. And it would have given her flexibility, too, mm -hmm. to yeah. to tell probably more realistic stories as well. Yeah. It almost felt 
like as much as this book was like about the women it mo- it mostly felt to me that it was about the women in relation to the men around them and all the men around them were great big important men and I would have rather like one of the most interesting stories that I think she does tell in this book is the story of Chryseis and Briseis yeah. like and well a that chapter is much lengthier than some of the others mm-hmm. in the books and so that's why I think that chapter really worked for me and I also love yeah. like Briseis I think she's a really interesting character in the Iliad but Chryseis was interesting and the thing that I found most interesting about her is the fact that she was sneaking out to meet up with like a shepherd boy. Yeah. And that's how she got caught. And it wasn't even her relationship to her father, who was a priest of Apollo's. It was this little romance that she had that I thought was interesting. And I thought, I think that just would have been more cool if it would have been more characters like that that have relationships with less important people. Or men, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I think even there you would even get deeper into the theme and idea of how war affects women. And how... Yeah, I think... Mm-hmm. Like, like I liked how... Um, I think it's a quote from this, or maybe it was from like a review that I read about the book. But it was um, talking about how men like die in war. Men lose their lives in war, but women lose everything else. And I think that this just would have been more interesting if it was told from the people, from the perspectives of women and others who truly had no say at all in the war. And I just don't think that you can have that when your main characters are people who are like the wives and daughters of the men who are calling the shots. Yeah, I think that's a challenge. And and I feel like it just... I feel like there was just too many characters that we heard from without enough from them. Like, yeah. like I said, I loved Cersei. And there's yeah. another book that's similar to this. It's called The Silence of the Girls. It's by Pat Barker. And it's about Queen Briseis. Mm-hmm. And it mostly just focuses on her. And then there's a couple other, you know, obviously characters that it, especially female characters that it goes through. But it, it, it the focus is a little bit sharper and more like honed and so you can really get the depth that I want from the characters and from the story and and while she obviously was a queen but it it lets you hear from other characters who who weren't and get their perspectives mm-hmm. as well as they interacted with Briseis especially when she was captured and like they would just start to get there in some of these vignettes and then it was gone yeah and so I just kind of was left like eh. you know like just yeah it just didn't it didn't satiate me the way that I had hoped it did, especially because I just love like the Odyssey and mythology and the gods and the gods. I've always really, really been interested in that because I I just think it's fascinating. And I love, you know, the idea of Homer and it's just all, I love all of it. So give me it. But I just felt like it just was really kind of just this, I, I, I just was a little disappointed, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And like, I would say, like, I think this book is fine. And I think, yeah, like, I think it's, I think it's fine. It's just, I, it's not like I hated it. This isn't the maidens. Like, we don't hate this book. Nothing will ever be the maidens. Yeah, I will put this on my bookshelf. I will talk about it. I will recommend it to people. Yeah. This is not the maidens. Let's be clear. Yeah. We just, I do And I like that we read it. But yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm glad I read it. I just, 
what something too that I think that was weird maybe and I don't know maybe this is like a more realistic perspective or like portrayal of some of the men in these stories but I thought Mm -hmm. it was almost like she went a little bit hard on making all the men kind of out to just be terrible (laughs) and don't get me wrong I like am all for bashing like dumb men who go to (laughs) dumb wars and do dumb things but I thought it was kind of um I think like there are certain stories though or were sections and scenes in the Odyssey and the Iliad that are really complex and do show like a lot of like emotional weight and value to these men that I just didn't think like I think that she kind of minimized and overlooked like there's the like the scene one of my favorite scenes in like all literature just breaks my heart every time is the scene in the Iliad when Priam goes to Achilles and sneaks in and like begs for his son's body wants the bo- yeah wants Paris's body yeah um Her- Hector's body or he- Hector's body yeah yeah and it is heartbreaking and because they're both so broken and sad and mm-hmm. heartbroken and angry and there's just this conversation in a tent just people in a room talking and I think it is very emotionally impactful and explains some of their actions around that time and like I think is valuable but in this book it kind of mentions that scene in a way that's just kind of like a roll of your eyes kind of moment where it's like yeah I don't know kind of minimizing it and I just thought that was kind of weird I don't know if I liked that so much um I don't I don't know. Yeah, this book was I'm glad I read it. I think it was fine. It was just kind of puzzling to me at certain parts of like why she kind of chose to do it the way that she did it, I guess. Well, and one thing that kind of irked me, like I wanted more of like Helen's perspective. Yeah. Because you get just this teeny 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 little bit of it in some ways, but then you also get like a lot of the other women that are like like calling her a slut oh my gosh there's so there's so much slut shaming in this book and not yeah and not to say that that's not realistic it certainly is women can be the harshest against other women like i'm not yeah but it also was like i don't know it just felt it felt like what she was trying to do didn't quite hit the mark for me i didn't feel like it was as nuanced as it should have been i don't feel like there was as much depth as i wanted out of it i feel like like it makes sense that she's her background is in comedy because she really is funny and like I think this is a great idea I just feel like it it didn't quite go enough either way you know what I mean it wasn't it wasn't satire but it wasn't a nice like in-depth character look it just kind of touched on all of these things and that frustrates me a little bit like I'm yeah. putting the work in. I'm reading this. I want to get this out of it. So, like, I don't need just the surface stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like there just wasn't enough that I left this book, like, feeling any type of way, really. You know what? This would be good. This would be, like, a good, and this is not a criticism, because I think that 
these books are necessary and I enjoy them. But this is like, if I was going on vacation and I wanted a book to read at the beach or at the pool yeah, or like something that I can expect to just not have quite the, I don't know, thought provoking that I normally get out of novels that I pick to read, but it's enjoyable and entertaining and you know, something that yeah. I'm interested, like, does that make sense? Yes. Like, I think almost my expectations were a little was... high. And so yeah. that's why I felt a little disappointed, but I think it was enjoyable and that the stories are good and interesting. And I think it incur- it keeps you wanting to learn more about this God or this goddess or this part of the Odyssey or this character. Like it, I definitely went on some like deep dives yeah. onto some to like get background again. So that's good. Like I, I agree. Know, I'm just trying to I pick th- some good stuff out of it because I didn't <sighs> hate it at all. I didn't either. I just, I, I agree. And like, I honestly, I think I probably would have liked it better if I hadn't been already a really big fan of the Iliad and the Odyssey and been super familiar with mm. it. Like, I think maybe, yeah, maybe if this really was like the first time or maybe I was not maybe the first time, but maybe I'm like not super familiar with the story and I haven't already right, read right. a bunch of retellings of these stories. I think I probably would have been like way more interested or it would have kept me more engrossed in it um yeah but I also I thought like it was kind of weird because I felt like it almost worked a little bit backwards sometimes so the structure also and like the order of how she told told the stories was interesting like I thought it was interesting that Mm -hmm. she started with like the Trojan horse but then like yeah goes kind of back in time to later on in the novel started kind of yeah. yeah, it's kind of it's kind of disordered a little bit, which I thought was I think interesting. Like I think it's it's I I don't think you could really tell this story in a linear perspective because she's telling multiple stories yes, all these different from perspectives, multiple yeah. perspectives. So it wouldn't have worked linearly. Um so I'm glad that I had the background to be able to like know when what she's talking about. But I think I still would have liked liked this more if I didn't have kind of just more general experience reading about these stories because I already kind of had worked to pay attention to these Mm -hmm. women when they do appear yeah and read into it a little bit more and like assign my own kind of like readings into their stories in a way that's positive and I think this book just kind of does it for you so if you hadn't done it then it would really work Probably. It's almost like this was like the cliff notes of a more in depth reading of the women of this yeah. time period or something. Yeah. Like this gave, this was like a little amuse bouche, you yeah. know, um, enjoyable, quick, easy bite, but it's not what I, it's not the main meal. I want the main meal. Yeah. And like, we're hungry. We usually get the main meals <laughs> yeah. in, our, in our novels. And I feel like this was just a little, little teeny amuse bouche and fine, tasty, yeah. pretty. Liked it, but wanted something a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my only thing about it. I agree. I don't really have anything else else to say about it. I mean really, it, really. Was, it was good, but it was not one that I feel like uh invited a lot of analysis in my head. Which is why I'm really surprised that it was shortlisted for the women's prize in fiction. Well, you know, there's no accounting for taste, Sadie. <laughs> wasn't the maidens on like a bestseller list or something? Yeah, but it wasn't winning awards outside of like I mean, Goodreads Millie, Millie awards. Millie Vanilli won a Grammy. That's true. That's true. 
it's true. You know, you know, you're right. No, I maybe mean, I, I, maybe usually, I put too much stock. I usually stock really in those. agree. Well, that's a hard thing because I usually definitely. I, I think that's something I pay attention to. Yeah. But then I also think realistically, and I don't by any way, any means understand the inner workings of like the publishing world and the award mm-hmm. world. But it's probably like most other things in this world and it probably has a lot to do with who you know and who you are and money here and agents and things like that. Cause there's quite a few authors and, and other artists out there that are not recognized that should be and it's purely for just bullshit reasons so it's yeah. hard to not get suckered into that like when you see it on book jackets like oh so you know it's part of this award or it was shortlisted for this or it's oprah's book club well but and it like, did eh. that's the thing too though is it it did have pretty good reviews from like generally good yeah reviewers like i think npr gave it a good review i think um even the like i think the new york times liked it like i just i so it, it's kind of I don't put. I know because it's like, are we really any pickier or better than that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we are just a little picky. Maybe, maybe. It's okay. I don't know. <laughs> but again, like I feel like we kind of have been bashing the book the whole episode. But I want to be clear, we're not. I think it's just more that we, like you said, wanted a juicier bite than what. We yeah, got. that's. I just wanted more. It wasn't enough. I wanted more of it. That's my complaint. Is it? I like the premise. I like the characters. I like her humor. I like mm-hmm. how she set it up. I just did. There wasn't enough. I just was left feeling like, oh, that was it. So that's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing about the book because it it's I wasn't like, oh, thank God this is over, which is how it was with the maidens, like where we just had to like trudge through this book and yeah. just finish it. Yeah. So we could bash it. <laughs> so it wasn't like that. But yeah, so I don't know. But, you know, it, 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 it's, it's like a moose bouche. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, especially if someone is, um, like, I'm a big fan of Greek mythology. I do really love it, but I'm not, like, every time there's a book about Greek mythology, I don't go out and get it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I'm not yeah. reading every single book that comes out that's a retelling of Greek mythology. Um, but if you are, if, like, you are super into it, and it's, like, your life, and you're, like, really into it, then, of course, you, you should read it. It's fine. But. Yeah. Yeah. No regrets, yeah. just hungry. Yeah. Well, I I will admit I read some other books to get to kind of help feed that. Oh, that really? That was left over. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about them on the podcast, but I wanted to give them shout outs if anyone is looking for recommendations. So one was called The Moore's Account, and I put this on my our stories. Oh, yeah, you did. But by like I think it's Lalai Lalami, and this is really really good. It's a fictional memoir of this Moroccan slave who was in the Narvarez expedition um, to Florida. And he's considered to be like the first black explorer of American America, but not really much is known about his life. But it's really, really good. Cannot recommend that enough. That book was awesome. And then I, um, have you heard of Mary Roach? Mm, I don't think so. She's this journalist and she writes these really interesting like books about whatever she gets interested in. So like she wrote one about, it's called Stiff and it's all basically about like the business of death. So like with cadavers and mortuary. And then she wrote one called um, Bonk that I'm reading right now. And it's all about like, um, like research into sex and sex in general, like the history of it and like, but it's, it's really good. 
Like, nice. it's really interesting. And she's really funny. So I recommend her stuff. And then I read Ai Weiwei's memoir, 1,000 Years of Joys and Sorrows. And he's this amazing modern artist. He's from China. And he kind of got a lot of publicity a couple years ago because, unfortunately, he was detained by the Chinese government because he spoke out against human rights abuses and different mm-hmm. corruption things. And so they detained him. His father was actually a really famous poet in China, and he had also been detained. Like, Ai Weiwei spent his childhood basically in almost like Siberia in this northern part of China, living in a clay dugout because that's where they sent his father and him to live because his father was, you know, part of the bourgeois and they thought he was an enemy of the state. And wow. it's really good because he's, he's fascinating and he's really inspiring and it just... I really recommend that one too. So if you also were left feeling just a little bit not quite full. Uh, <laughs> I would recommend any of those, but definitely pick up a copy of Euphoria first. Yeah, I'm really excited. And I don't, to I don't think you'll. It. I really, I really like it so far. It's, it's a good one. I'm excited to talk about it mm-hmm. with you and, and see what people think about it. So, sweet. Yeah. Um, well, is there anything else you wanted to say about a thousand ships? Not really. Not really. And I don't have anything else to say either because I feel like I've been so busy I haven't been able to read. And then I haven't been watching That's like okay. anything. I've been I've been so busy this week. This we all have weeks like this. I'm just so we jealous do. of how much reading you've been doing. Well You're on I'm such tired. a kick. I know you're tired. I have been on a kick. No, I have been on a kick. kick. It's like I have been on a kick, but I just I like it. I'm going to try and keep it going because there's so many good things to read out there. You I know. Guys. I'm like, so jealous. Like, I love that we have this podcast because, like, it it kind of re... I've always been a reader and I've always read a lot. Yeah. But, like, once we started doing this, I really kicked everything into high gear because I'm like, oh, there's just so much good stuff out there to read. And I also feel like... Um, it's just been nice working almost on my comprehension. Like, I've always had very good comprehension skills. Don't get me wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I remember what I read and, like, I have a good time and I know what I'm doing. But at the same time, I'm not very often forced to have a conversation about it. Not that I feel forced and to have conversations. And that's the best way to learn things. But it is. Things, is to talk about it. Yes. And teach it in a way. So I feel like I'm getting more out of the books that I would have mm-hmm. already read. But also, you've introduced me to a lot of books, which I'm very grateful for. I can't understand how you find all your books. I think it's incredible. I don't know how you do it, but you always find it's part the of my best skill. Books. I'm good at finding things. You know, this. you are I'm good at finding things, <laughs> you gifts, are. and places to eat, and things to do, and like it's my. I may not create myself, but I will find <laughs> things that others. So have okay, all right. So you're not and a, appreciate. Them. So this is the thing. So what we're saying is, you're not a creator. You're a curator. Uh-huh. Yes. I love it. Yes, that is exactly how I would classify. I like to curate. I like to curate trips and experiences and gifts and reading lists. <laughs> like seriously, if you want a reading list, I'll give it to you. Like I That's but true. I can't create shit myself. Don't ask me to make something for you or do something for you, but I can curate it for you. That's something else is already done, which we need people like that. We, we can't do. All be creators. No, we need curators. <laughs> and I think you do a spectacular job. Speaking of you being able to curate things, um, I'm so excited that you're going to come visit me in the fall and you're just yes. going to curate and plan the best trip ever. And I'm just so happy you're doing everything about it. I'm just like, I'm so excited. I can't wait to have you on the East Coast with me. 
I know. We'll have to record an episode while I'm out there. Oh, yeah. We have to. It would... In your cool new studio, in your cool house. Oh, yeah. If I ever get around putting it together. <laughs> well, you've got, you've got until October, so get going. Okay. All right. I'll do like one tile every night until until you come see me. Oh, I love that. You could make like some sort of documentary out of that or like some sort of like, yeah, like take a picture of it of like every single time and you can make some sort of flip book or something. I don't know. I can sell it on Amazon. Yes. Make some passive income. A, yeah. I don't know. Look, look at Reddit. There's probably a thread for something like that. Like seriously. Probably. Oh, all right. Well, hopefully you guys, um, hopefully you enjoyed the novel or if you didn't, you enjoyed our discussion of it. Um, yeah, I, I do think I think it was it was definitely worth reading. If you haven't, go pick it up, especially if like you're interested in, you know, mythology. It, it, it's always good to it's always good to get yeah. some from other perspectives. And, and also, if you disagreed with us. I want to hear yes. it. Like, give us your reasons why you disagreed. And, like, one thing we don't talk about very often, but we put our podcast up through this um, platform called Anchor. And if you go to our website, you can just, like, look up Let Libation Anchor and Google, and it will take you to the website. You can actually record, um, like, send in a recording or a comment that we can add to oh. our episode. So if you want to do that, if you want to send us a voice message with you disagreeing with us or agreeing with us or whatever, um, you can send that to us in Anchor. Just look up our podcast, um, Lit and Libation Anchor in Google, and you'll it'll take you right there, and it's super easy to do. So if you ever feel the inclination, feel free to do that, because we would love it. I like it. Good to know. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And don't forget to go pick up your copy of Euphoria by Lily King and get going. Um, I'm already really enjoying this book, excited to talk about it. So um, we will talk to you guys next time.